At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Welcome back to another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I am not uh, Hinch or Rossi, um, producer Thim. We figured it only made sense for me to record the intro and outro since I was uh, stranded in an airport in D.C. during this actual interview. I know you all missed me. I missed you, too. We're so excited to be able to bring this to you. I mean, we're all blown away by John Green. He's he's an amazingly successful author. He's amazingly successful on social media. Uh, he has that foundation to decrease world suck. I mean, the guy is just doing incredible things in so many different fields. We were blown away by it. So we're excited for you guys to hear the final part of that interview. Before that, obviously, we, we had a segment or two that we're going to throw your way. And then for a very special thing we're going to start to do for episodes following races, we have a quick recap of the Phoenix race at the end of this episode, if you want to listen in. And we got another driver to come on as a guest to uh, to give his take on the race. So stick around and listen for that after the interview with John Green. And until then, enjoy the show. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Mr. Hinchcliffe, do you like music? I've been, I've been known to dabble. Dabble in, I see you, I mean, you, you own a lot of guitars, don't you? That doesn't mean anything. I enjoy music. That doesn't mean I know how to play you, it. You have no idea. I like guitars. Guitars are beautiful. They're pieces of art. I can't play them. I just enjoy them. Have you heard of Coachella? I've heard of it. I don't know what it is. I'm not from, look, I enjoy music. I'm a guy that likes hearing songs that make me happy. I'm not like a music guy. Like music's not like a religious experience for me. So like music festivals and like, I've been to a couple concerts that were cool, but music festivals aren't my thing. I know Coachella is a music festival. I don't know. Any, what is it? What is it, Coachella? Coachella is, so it's in, it's in Southern California. And in my mind, it is by far the best music, arts festival. Okay. So is it so, just like a bunch of bands playing on a bunch of different but stages? But huge bands. Like, really, really big, big like names. Who? I mean... Anywhere from Daft Punk to Major Lazer to Cardi B. I've heard of I mean, them. The, right. So, I mean, people that you'd recognize. Okay. So maybe it's not like Johnny this. and the Boys from down the street. Maybe I would We're, enjoy this. Right. So you'd enjoy it. I mean, Coachella thing. Let me, let me just tell you something. In last year, 250,000 people were there. Okay. So about half the size of 7,500. That's right. not, not a bad effort. Right. It's, it's an event. It's worth doing. I mean, I encourage anyone that hasn't gone as a Did Californian you go all three to go. days? No, you can do single day events for sure. Do you, you've been, I, I assume. I have been. I've been a couple times. And do you go for multiple days or just one day? I've done the one day and the two day. I've never committed to the full three days. I see it like Vegas, right? You do not need more. 48 hours, get out. Than a certain amount of time, right? Pull the cord. Just get out. Get out. 
So since you don't know a whole lot about it, I'm going to be very curious with this kind of segment that we have here. So I'm going to oh, give no. you, I'm going to give you 10 names. Left. Okay. 10 band names. Five are real. <laughs> five are not real. I don't like, I don't like this. this and and I want to see what your culture is like and what your interpretation of music and, and what people would be listening to is. I can tell you right now what it is, but yeah, no, let's do, okay. let's do your name. Thing. All right. So name number one, band number one. Wait, wait, are you going to tell me in real time? Like, you're going to give me a name, I'm going to say real or fake, and you'll Correct. say yes or no? Correct. Okay. Snail Mail. Snail Mail sounds like a real band. Correct. Yes! Cash Cash. That seems too unoriginal. I'm going to say no. It is real. Well, those guys will be receiving a sternly worded letter from me. <laughs> Jack Master. Yes, I'm a... Yes, I'm going to go with yes. Jackmaster is real. Okay, two for three. Can we stop now? Here I'm... comes the death. Ooh. See, that sounds like a band name, but not the kind of band name that would be at Coachella, so I'm going to say no. Correct. Nice. Horse choir. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Correct. Yes. First aid kit. <laughs> If that's, man, it probably is, but I'm going to say also no. It is real. Really? First aid kit? Yeah. Furious band. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those out there. I don't know if one band can actually, t- I'm going to say no. Correct. Yes. Uh, Flatbush Zombies. That's a, <laughs> it's a whole lot of wrong. Flat. But no, there's no way that's real. It is 100% a real oh band. My God. What kind of music? You is can that? go see them. What kind of music do uh, flat bush zombie zombies play? Beautiful. <laughs> Actually, really nice music. You have no idea who flat bush zombies. You don't are. know that. I do. You thought I played guitar. I thought you've looked at you. I've seen you hold my guitars before. All right, giggity. Jacked like a man. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that's a band. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> You're right. Oh, thank God. All right. Um, and the last one, Ben Sex. <laughs> I mean, I just like, oh, man, I don't I don't understand music. I'm not an artist. What was that name again? Hey, my name's Ben. It's Ben Sex. Nice to meet you. That, that alone makes me want to say no. You're right. Yes. All right. So I think you were, you were probably 50-50. Well. Seven. So you got seven, right? Yeah, seven seven right. ten. Good job. Boom. I'm going to go to Coachella. For a Canadian, that's pretty good. This year. I really want you to go see Flatbush Zombies. I want to know what kind of music that is. I'm looking right now. Let's look up Flatbush. What is Flatbush Zombies? I mean, what what, what about a round bush? What about a horizontal bush? What about a diagonal bush zombie? Here we go. That makes sense. Are we legally allowed to play this song? This song has 23 million listens. Plays. I actually don't hate it. Look, I'm gonna be honest. Actually, with you. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make Flatbush Zombie my new workout playlist. I'm gonna be honest with you. Based on that 10 second clip, it's not what I thought it was gonna be. No, you thought it would be metal. Yes, like just I thought screaming. it was gonna be a little angrier than that. Yeah, if it's anybody actually, knows Flatbush Zombies out there, we'd love to have them on the podcast. Sure, absolutely. So, anyways, the point of this is, I'm glad you you actually surprised me. With your with Bro, your music I surprised knowledge. myself on that one. Let's go. Can we go to Coachella this year? Or is I would love to race? go. It's, it's during a race, I think. Um, but I encourage you to go if you ever have the chance. So like when I'm like a 40-something-year-old go Which to is right around the corner. Do they have... Wow. So wow. you can look forward to that in the next couple I'm, years. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Anyways, Coachella. It's a great time. 
Today we're bringing you the second part of our interview with John Green. I mean, this guy is a legend. One of the first people to embrace and flourish on social media, an author of some of the biggest young adult fiction out there right now, an activist, a father, and most importantly, he's an IndyCar fan. All right, we're back in. All right, so, sorry, you were saying how we're like, we've got superpowers? <laughs> Can we just go back to John Green telling us that we have superpowers? Which, which it, one is mine? It, uh, it's just a fuel saving. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, I got a soft right foot. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Apparently, James can drive upside down. Yeah. Oh boy. Still working on that. Still yeah. working on that. But no, it's funny you say that because we fight this battle all the time, right? If for people to understand basketball, it's easy. You stand at a three-point line, you miss nine out of ten shots, and you think, "Hey, Steph Curry's really good at what he does," right? But so few people have any kind of understanding of what it's like in a race car. They equate it to driving a road car, which is, by and large, pretty simple. Right. But- it's like the difference between people who play Scrabble at home and people who play Scrabble professionally. You don't have any understanding of what it's like to play professional Scrabble by owning a Scrabble board because you don't know the like 36 two-letter words. Because you play words with friends. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Qui is yeah. a good one. Yes. Yeah. Is that how it's pronounced? Key? Q-I? Q-I? Pretty sure there'd be key. I think the author is the right person. I'm yeah. staying the heck out of this. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a word until just now. There you go. That's what Not a great Scrabble player. <laughs> yeah, evidently. That seems surprising. That seems like something you'd be good at. No, man. I, I, I lose my temper, too. Because uh, I feel like I should be good at it, yeah. so that makes that makes you worse. <laughs> but yeah, it is difficult to make the case to people that this isn't just a series of like turning in the same direction, but rather, I mean, you know, it, it. What interests me about it is the fact that in a world of increasing automation and in a world where we rely more and more on machines, race car driving is the place where you see what the tension and collaboration potential is for the relationship between people and machines and you've been seeing it for a hundred years so it's really cool to me to watch that development and to watch like what we still need people to make these choices that's what makes it interesting that's what makes it important and valuable but at the same time like we need the machines to work right it's the human element as well it's and what's funny is we've actually made a conscious effort as an industry to take the machines out of it and like the brains like we don't have abs you know we don't have right. traction we have all these really simple things that are on every road car i now. cannot believe didn't you guys not have power steering I'm still don't, don't. Uh, how yeah how do you turn back like it's i don't have power brakes either it's like pushing a pressure plate almost like if the brake pedal moves six mil yeah yeah four millimeters mil really yeah and so you're modulating anything from 1500 pounds of brake pressure to zero as you break into a corner wow with very small amount of actual travel in the pedal i mean that's another thing i like about my volt like i (laughs) anytime i want to accelerate no matter how little i want to accelerate i can go all the way down on that pedal and it'll still be a little acceleration it'll be the right amount (laughs) we're gonna get you a test drive in a honda clarity (laughs) yeah we can we can set that up yeah uh john green day yes that's like a thing in indianapolis yeah, the mayor did declare, the previous mayor, it must be noted, not that he was voted out of office for this, he chose not to run again. Um, <laughs> he did declare... Well, Mr. Ballard? 
he did declare one one day John Green Day. But I I specifically asked him. I said, "Is this going to be an ongoing thing?" You know, is like every year, and he's like, "No." Just to be clear, it's only this one year. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so there's only one so John a, Green Day. It's not an annual day. No, I was disappointed. What day was it? July I, something. July something. Do you want to, can we just, do you want to just pick it? Do you want to like get a campaign going to get, bring back <laughs> John, John Green, Green Day, Day? become a, an actual annual thing? In I, I, I feel I'd like my it. life is good enough. Yeah, I know, but it's not the point. I don't know that I really, I don't, so like would I have tease. to attend a parade? It seems stressful. <laughs> That's the other thing that, uh, that seems stressful about your job, to be honest with you, is having to go to parades and stuff. Well, we only have to, do, like, the, sometimes have to be, do the one parade. Sometimes I'll be uh, just buying, uh, like buying a bottle of bourbon or something. And there, there will be Ed Carpenter just, you know, sitting there signing bottles of Fuzzy's vodka. Yep. Yeah. That's what happens in town. Yeah. Are you a bourbon guy? I am. We got, we got to talk. We got to talk. Yeah, I love this. bourbon. That's, that's good to know. Um, all right. Do we move to lightning round? I think we do. So on off track, um, we have what's called a lightning round. Okay. It's pretty self-explanatory. So no. we're going to give you a, a, a sentence. Okay. No guest yet has actually succeeded in, in not giving, you know, a paragraph answer, but <laughs> yeah, the, the name implies that this is a quick segment, but historically speaking, that has not been the case. Okay. I'm going to struggle. Probably. So we'll see what happens. I'm very verbose. Right. So things people didn't realize about Indianapolis, Indianapolis. Oh man. I struggle with this so much. I'm written. I'm already, I'm already off the, <laughs> yeah. already off the trip. It's all right. How great the white river is, even though it's filthy. I actually, I actually kind of want you to expand on that. Oh man, I, I was about to succeed at the lightning round. You were, but I'm. So you, it, this one falls on me. What, what do you find so wonderful about the White River? The great thing about the White River is that it is in the center of the city. It runs right through the heart of the city, and it is like a nature preserve. Nobody, when I kayak on the White River, I almost never see anyone. It's like being in the woods, and the reason it is so pristine, and you see foxes and coyote and deer and tons of turtles. The reason it is so pristine is because it is so, so filthy. Dirty. You know, <laughs> Nobody like the, wants to go there. It has raw, like actual raw sewage in it. And so people are like, I don't want to kayak on that river. But, but John Green's like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's where you're wrong. All the better for me. Like, just don't get in the water. That's yes. the key. Okay. So you don't fish in the uh, White River. I do actually, but do. I don't keep the fish. Catch and release. Yeah, catch, catch and, and release. release. Good man. All right. Uh, what is your desert island book? Probably Ulysses by James Joyce because it's long. And I figure, you know, if I'm going to be stuck somewhere for decades, I'd like a difficult book. It takes a while to get through. Right. Right. You could probably only read it five times in the, you know, the life you have left. On the other hand, if I were actually left on a deserted island, I would be dead within hours. <laughs> so it wouldn't really matter. Let's just say you had some, you know, Tom Hanks outcast-like skills and you managed to survive. Right. It'd be yeah. Ulysses. That's okay. very unlikely, though. Okay. What was Not, your worst it, subject you, in school? Sorry. No, no, no. I mean, I had a lot of bad ones. Math, I guess, but I was also bad at science. Worst job you've ever had? I worked the graveyard shift at Steak and Shake, and oh. that wasn't great. Where? In Orlando, Florida, which didn't add to the quality of the no. experience. No, absolutely not. Have you been no. to that airport? Huh? You've been to that airport? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the worst airport. 100%. No, LAX is the worst. LAX is so bad, and they've, they've renovated it, and it's worse. Yes, it's like the pretty... The new renovated LAX is a significant downgrade from the previous LAX. I was just there yesterday, and I was like, how did they make it worse? It, was, it, it took talent. They put a lot of planning, a lot of thought, a lot of money. And then you go to the Indianapolis airport, and the it's heaven. Airport. 
it's a dream. It's actually a traveler's dream. That's one it, thing people don't realize about Indianapolis. Boom. We have the best airport 100%. in North America. I think it's been voted that a couple times, it's actually. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I love I often make videos at the airport actually because like I have to shoot a video when I'm traveling or whatever and it's also great for making videos because there's never a flight out of gate a1 so you just walk down there and you have total privacy that's true a1 to five it's just always empty yeah best movie based on a book other than your own oh well uh i like the movies based on my book but i I think uh, to kill a mockingbird is better i think to kill a mockingbird is probably the best movie adaptation i've ever seen although i also think the outsiders you know francis ford coppola i think that's a great movie adaptation Good answers. I like that. One of these questions, the next one I think we kind of already answered because it's the fastest car you've ever driven. <laughs> Would that technically be the pace car? Uh, or no, do you think I, I drove, uh, yeah, the pace car. The pace, it was super fast. It's very fast. Yeah. It's fun. It was a really fun car to drive. I kind of wanted to buy it. Mm-hmm. That was not an option. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Speaking so. of buying things, yeah. what's the purchase you regret the most? Oh, or like, what was your, I mean, not maybe regrets, not the right, right word, but like the purchase where you bought it and you had instant buyer's remorse and it was just like, ugh. we bought a barn. Oh, okay. And I don't know was that, that I from would... Home Depot or no, okay. no, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was anything in the barn. <laughs> it, it was already on the site. Got it. Uh, and owning a barn is, a, is, a, is, is more work than I, I had anticipated. Did you want one just so you could have buy tractors next or horses, horses? I, I, place to write i we bought it is it <laughs> this was a painful purchase huh? i mean yeah i i think you'd have to i think you'd have to ask my wife to get a really coherent answer we didn't want the land to be developed so that was the main reason that we bought it but then secondarily we thought man there's all kinds of cool things that you can do with a barn which may be true eventually <laughs> but so far i have not discovered any of them <laughs> Well, if you if you make it like cool or like that trendy, it could be it could be like a wedding venue. Exactly, there's tons of cool things that you can do with a renovated barn. But we didn't buy a renovated barn. What is currently in the barn? <sighs> I mean, very little. It, there is a uh, there's a cool calendar that is uh, set to July of 1955, which I believe was the last time that the barn was meaningfully utilized. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> on the way out, the people just left the calendar. Yeah, and like it just, it, they just didn't move on to the next month. <laughs> and then now we've inherited it with only, you know, like 60 years of decay. Well, at least they knew John Green Day was going to be in July. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I can circle it on the calendar. <laughs> it was not July 1955. Though. Apparently, it was only July 2016. Or right. We're going we're gonna to fix that. We're going to fix that. Let's let's assume that we're not eligible options. Okay, Who, who's going to win this year's Indy Five Hundred? The why, landing round. Why are, why are we assuming we're not eligible? I was going to no, say we're, it we're just, seems rude. Just, no, 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 no. It's 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 more appropriate this way. I I mean, it would be so cool for me if either of you guys won the Indy Five Hundred this year because my friends already think that this is cool. And if either of you won the Indy Five Hundred, it would it would be brilliant for me. If either one of us won the Indy Five Hundred, will you come join us for some milk? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, and like the security will try to stop me, and I'll be like, No, did you hear the podcast? <laughs> he said I was welcome. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, part of what makes the 500 so amazing is that there are, are at least 20 drivers with a good chance of winning every year, and that makes that's part of what makes it so dramatic and so, so interesting. Uh, my friends are kids with Scott Dixon's kids, so okay. I'll, I'll pick Scott Dixon. Fair and always, always a good choice. Yeah. 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 Tough to, tough to go against that guy. 
I think that that's it. <laughs> that very very slowly brings an end to the lightning round. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that lightningy. That's all right. It's okay. It can, it's, it's keeping we need consistent. To, we need to change the name. That's really. the more important thing. Yeah, it's more like ten questions with John Green. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds much more appropriate. Yeah. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at at askofftrack, or you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram or Snapchat story. We're also taking emails at ask at offtrackpod.com and phone calls at 317-731-2372. That's ask at offtrackpod.com and 317-731-2372. If you like what you have to say, we'll mention it on the next show. So you better make it good. We're also on Twitter at at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. And of course, Thim is available at at the Tim Durham. We're going to get that switched to at the Thim Durham any day now. So, John, on Off Track, we have this segment called Battle Royale. Round one. Fight. And what it is, is we give you a category and you have to choose a character or a person from that category. And in an environment, we'll use your barn. For example, that, that you're talking about. It's a great battle royale space. It's, yeah. it's, it's strong. It's, yeah. good, it's probably our best one. <laughs> He's like, well, not, I mean, not structurally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in terms of appropriateness. They would all die because uh, <laughs> the they, if anybody collapse. leans against the barn, it collapses. And the but, bacteria growing. But, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Um, so the character that we're going to go with today um, is young adult fiction characters something that you may or may not have some this seems like it's kind of up with? your alley and we might be at a bit of a disadvantage i like it <laughs> okay and in the absence of thim not being here our, our lovely producer who normally makes the call we all make our case on who's who should win this battle royale thim picks the winner thim picks the winner he's very bribable so i'm actually glad he's not here because we have a new way of uh of judging this one um what we're going to do is we're going to send it to the audience so we're going to we're going to post the question we're going to post the answers create a twitter poll and i will be promising apparel merchandise and, and a lot of different things to the people that vote for me see this is going to backfire on him <laughs> guys vote for alex rossi on this one uh he promises race tickets apparel and money to everybody who votes for him I did not say that not at all <laughs> uh in a way i have an advantage in a way i have a disadvantage because i've read a lot of ya books but i also understand that most of the audience hasn't read a lot of ya books so i don't want to pick somebody who's going to be too obscure you also have an emotional connection to certain ones. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I've got, I've got to consider my friends, yep. you know, mm-hmm. like whether my friends are going to be disappointed that I didn't pick one of their books. I'm going to pick, I'm going to go Harry Potter. Okay. All right. I, I like think I would this. argue the last two Harry Potter books are definitely YA books. I'm going to stay in the Harry Potter universe. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that the winner of the YA Battle Royale, because of her magical skills, her intelligence, and her ferocity, Hermione Granger. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's a good one. I think it's hard. I, the thing about, I've been reading Harry Potter with my kid, and the thing about the Harry, Harry Potter universe is you have so many advantages. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of tough people in Hunger Games. Right. But none of them have a wand. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my answer now. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter some of these points here. Hermione's great. She's all those things. She's intelligent, sophisticated. She has a wand. Um, however... If you go into the Twilight universe, mm. right, there are some characters there that have some pretty exceptional powers. There's some strengths. There's some strengths there. Yeah. You know, um, 
Normally, you would have gone, you know, defaults to the vampire and gone with um, Edward. Cullen. Edward, thank you. Uh, but you know, Bella became a vampire. Yep. Right. And here's here's what Bella has over Hermione, in my my opinion. <laughs> okay. I'm so okay. Excited right now. Yeah, yeah. No, this is good. This is good. <laughs> I thought I thought a good long twenty six seconds on this. Hermione doesn't know. Well, a she doesn't know how to fight. I mean, she kind yeah, of she knows how to yeah, fight. Like fair. you know, not like Bella knows mythical, how to fight. Right. Though. Bella's she's like, like she's wars. seen some stuff. Yeah, she's seen some some go down. You know, so I think she's got that advantage. She also has like this passion. Yeah, she knows about love. She knows about loss. She's yeah. got this burning thing in her that that Hermione's never really experienced in the same way. She doesn't have that same passion that comes out in a brawl, but she still has exceptional powers. I'm pretty sure she's like immortal unless you rip her head off and burn her or something. So I'm not sure if there's a you know wand waving technique for that particular move so i'm gonna vote that bella swan would be a ya winner fictional character battle royale okay so i see your hermione and your bella swan Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna raise you percy jackson oh wow so son of poseidon yeah killed the minotaur when he was 12 yeah that's Uh, a plus i mean that's pretty cool he controls water i've heard of it and can talk to horses that, yeah, so that part doesn't. So do you want, no, no, no. Do you want to know what's cool? Tell me. So if you can talk to horses, have you ever heard like the the, the riddle? Would you take like one? Is that horse sized duck, duck or, or, or a, would you fight one horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses, horses? Right. Everyone is like, well, you wouldn't want the duck sized horses, right? Yeah. Well, imagine imagine full size horses. Right. If you so could get a hundred of them, oh, that's you, a good point. You're you're talking. She he can talk to horses, right? So he can control all hundred thousand all the horses. Keep in mind, he's the son of Poseidon, right? And can do whatever he wants with a stampede and control that. And if it's happening in a barn, you know, it's a place horses know well. They're they're accustomed to it. So and it's a controlled environment. Just so we're clear, you're not supposed to be defending him. I know. I just You're trying to make your argument. own. It's like it, it is, but I feel like Hermione could just levitate them, and all the horses would just be sitting there trampling in midair. He yeah. killed the Minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> the Minotaur did not have a wand, it d- nor was Great it point. immortal like a vampire. I see how we're we're, we're supposed to uh, defend our positions. Yes, this is a this is a healthy okay. friendly debate. All right, okay. But why you think your answer is the best? I, I I gotta say I do like Percy Jackson as a pick though I think I might have uh, I think I might have <laughs> made a mistake. Yeah. Well, it's because you didn't Google it while we sat. That's, That's true. I was just looking up the name. I forgot the name. Yeah, yeah of course you don't. Yeah, the name you don't of the character yeah, that yeah, I just I was Googled. Talking I had about. To, you don't yeah. want to say like Percy Johnson and then everybody's <laughs> making fun of you. Percy and, Jones. Right. You know. I typed in "Son of Poseidon controls can talk to horses." Yeah, yeah. Spelled, you everything you remember. Yeah. Spell Poseidon. P O S E I D O N. Pretty Poseidon. Good. Right, it's pretty enough. good. He was just looking at it at Google, so I'm not that impressed. I'm not totally sure I could have done that. Yeah, I definitely could not have done I've been that. practicing spelling with my kid, and there's a phrase like the, the I can't even remember it, but I, find, I like now that I am like trying to read with another person, I realize what a messed up language English is. Like, oh, it's it the is, worst. It's in, incomprehensible. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, because my son learns in, mostly in Spanish, and so he speaks fluent Spanish and very good in Spanish. But then when, like, English doesn't make any sense, and I try to tell him the rules, and I'm like, these rules are the dumbest. Yeah. Why do we do I before E? Why do we even Except have... Except after C. Yeah, it's ludicrous. 
it's it's bizarre. Yeah. That's why here, here's a funny thing. Like you go to a lot of other countries and you pick up a little bits of language and you try and speak it. And if you don't nail it, they find it very, very hard to understand you. Someone comes from another another country, another language, tries to speak English, they can butcher a sentence. I have like nothing right, but we'll still be able to figure it out That's because because this the, the language is so broken. Yeah. And like the structure is kind of irrelevant in a lot of ways. Right. And you can still piece it all together. Yeah, it doesn't really matter if you move the words around and stuff. So like it's a great language to learn in one sense because it's so ridiculous. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you can, it just seems harder to learn than, although I, I maybe actually going back to the question, what was my worst subject in school? I'd like to revise it. French. I think it was French. <laughs> I saw you were going with that. I one. speak maybe six words of French after three years of high school French. I, I, I can't ask how to go to the bathroom. That's, uh, I can say that I am currently going to the library, but I can't say that I went to the library or that I will go to the library. So, but if you just say that, they won't understand what you mean. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they won't be able to figure it out. They're looking at me like, what, is, what does he mean? He's currently going to the library. Right. But, but do you both understand the fact that I won that argument? Okay. So, so it's, it's adorable that you think that, but yeah. in the absence of Thim, I think we've all made compelling arguments here. And in the absence of Thim, we're actually going to leave this one up to the listeners. So we will uh, have the, we'll have the question go up on Twitter at Ask Off Track on Twitter. And we will do a, we'll do a poll, we'll do a vote, and we will let the listeners decide who wins this round of Battle Royale. So until then, it is undecided, gentlemen. Clearly me. So it's great. Yeah, no, you can clearly think that, and I could clearly agree with you, but then we both clearly be wrong. So <laughs> with that said, we'd like to uh, like to thank John Green so much for uh, for coming out, joining us on Off Track. Thank you, guys. This uh, has been so fun. It's been, a, it's been a real pleasure, and hopefully we'll have you on again sometime. I'd love it. Take awesome. care. Awesome. Thanks so much. Welcome back to Off Track with Hench and Rossi. Uh, we're trying to bring something very special to you, uh, race fans. So at the end of these episodes following races, uh, we want to do a recap of the most recent race. So the most recent race, obviously, being uh, Phoenix. Uh, so now, tonight, uh, not only do we have Alex and James to fill you in, we're joined by a very special guest who we had to bribe with uh, the, the fanciest of uh, delivery pizza, Robbie Wickens. Robbie Wickens is here with us. It was steak, actually. Delivery steak. Over, steak? Over, over or is it turkey cooked? now? Your overcooked steak brought nobody. It was the domino. Look, guys, we've, we've heard, if you know, if you follow IndyCar, if you know myself, if you know Alex Ross, you've heard of Brunner. You know Alex's talents for cooking bacon. He's James, the, do not even think about minimizing my barbecue skills right now. No, you made a great, be- you you made a put- great beef jerky. It was... It was a beautiful fillet of jerky. Just because a grill goes from 100 degrees to 450 degrees has nothing to do with me. Okay. Now, before we get too much into how bad Alex is at cooking steak, this segment is supposed to be a tag along. We want to focus on the race. So you guys all obviously did very well. I mean, we have Robbie, you got you got second. Alex, you got third. James, somewhere in the back of the pack. I was there. I was uh, around. <laughs> what? No, you got sixth. So yeah, you know, I wasn't on the podium. Um, Let's let the two guys that finished up front talk no, about you. The race. You got a very nice participation. Let's talk about the guy it. who's never seen an oval before and almost won. Robbie, let's oh talk about God. your first oval race. Let's talk about your stake. <laughs> no, we're we're <laughs> no, talking about the no, race. We're moving on from Phoenix. It. Did you did raceway. you like it? Did you, no, uh, did you have fun? Your steak? No, shut up. No. <laughs> did you enjoy Phoenix last night? No, I I did honestly. I, I had I had a lot of fun. My uh, the highlight for me was was 
was driving with with Hinch in the middle part of that stint when we were just one two. And, and for for the longest time there, I was thinking like this. It reminded me of when we were kids racing go karts together because it was it was just so much. I just had a blast. You know, I had a smile on my face. I was trying to find a way around you. Like I had a run one time, you stopped it, and then you know next time we had another try, and it was just some like good back and forth racing. It was just like it was, I, it was the first time on an oval where I felt really comfortable and had a lot of like just a really good time. Yeah, man, we had good cars, but like the thing for me, and I think Alex will back me up there everybody's first oval race is a pretty daunting experience and whether it's qualifying, you know, practice qualifying the race itself, you get thrown a lot of different scenarios and everything that was thrown at Robbie, he just, he just took it. He took it like, like a, like a damn veteran and, uh, unbelievable. I mean, it's frustrating for the rest of us, but it's great for him. For sure. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's expected like this massive learning curve that goes along with being on an oval for the first time. Yeah. You might be fast at one point, but you're not going to understand how to do 250 laps, especially on a short oval, right? And Rob excelled at that. If anything, he was the class of the field in the last kind of 50 laps. One of the was, best. was fighting against Joseph and, and almost won the thing. So um, for me, being a, a rookie, a true first-time rookie, not having Indy Lights, Pro Mazda, any of that experience coming into it, I mean, it was it was very impressive to see what he did. And uh it's pretty cool to to witness that and to be on the podium with them. Absolutely. Very impressive to you both. Uh, Alex, you kind of mentioned what it's like being a, a rookie. At the same time, you know, you actually started, we started, what, fourth, fifth, sixth, the three of us. Aw, three best Look friends. Look at that. That yeah. anyone three could ever have. That anyone ever had. But your race was not quite so straightforward. You raced your way up Less. to a podium position, but that wasn't exactly the whole story. What exactly happened with you? Well, you know, when you have that pit stop situation, which some that, people... That first one. ...don't know about. It's when you, you know, come in for four tires and, and refill with fuel and... Um, it's, it's something you want to do in a short period of time. I actually slid through, I locked up the front tires and I went to the back and then had a drive through penalty because of that, which was very much, you know, kind of deserved. And then we had to come back from that. But like, let's kind of talk about that because it's not, you were not the only person that had that problem. There was something weird about it happened a lot. That first stop. I think there was four guys that Yeah, it was Bourdais, uh Leist almost Paginot. I nearly did. I had the same I locked up my left front. I thought I was plowing down my left yeah, front. So honestly, I got away with it. I almost had the same thing. It's I, it was crazy. It was weird. It was it was a it was a very slippery pit lane for some reason when we had practiced it the night before. It wasn't like that. But long story short, there was nineteen other guys that didn't have an issue with it and I did. So we had to we dug ourselves a hole and we had to dig ourselves out of it. And you did a um, pretty good job digging out. Thanks guys. I, I tried to beat Rob, but then I thought that, you know, Two weeks in a row, we should. I mean, you owed him one. Force the issue. So. <laughs> you successfully passed me one time. <laughs> I've successfully passed you like three times because I had to unlap myself from two laps down by myself. You, only you were two me one laps time. down. I was two laps down. I may have passed you in the pits. So I, yeah. yeah. Oh, that doesn't count. Okay. On track one well time. Phoenix 2018. Rob, unfortunately, you can't comment too much on this new car 2018. Alex coming back to Phoenix. Very different race for us than it was last year. What were your thoughts on the 18 kit at Phoenix? Well, James, it was hugely different because you and I, we were fighting for the front. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas a very in, big change in from the 2017. years past, that was certainly not the case. That is true. We all so, lapse here is, yeah, the, you're right. I mean, as much as I was, you know, apprehensive about 
what we were about to do Saturday night, it was a lot more fun than I've had in years past because Why? we actually we were actually competing for something. Right. We weren't driving around kind of pushing to such an extreme to to potentially finish ninth or tenth. Okay, but at the same time, that that's uh, competitiveness is different than the the quality of the racing and the effort it took to be competitive. So. Com- let's 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 uh, say for a second that you finished third in last year's race. Okay, which sure. would you have said was more fun from behind the wheel? Oh, right, still this year's one hundred percent hand over fist. And yeah. and and Robbie, again, I'm sorry to kind of leave you out of this one. You weren't there last year, but last year's kit compared to this year's kit, I would say was a massive improvement in in the amount of fun it was for us and the quality of racing it was on track. Passing was still difficult. Don't get me wrong, and I think we can all attest to that. Going back to James's point. It was, forget the competitiveness, just the fact that we were actually driving the cars. Instead of feeling like we were passengers, instead of feeling like that we were just flat out, you know, full throttle for 250 laps, stuck behind a car, that wasn't the case anymore. We were actually braking and downshifting into the corner. So I think that the entire Verizon IndyCar series and, and their competition department did a good job with the packages that they presented us with, and it was the best Phoenix Indy cars we've ever had. So give it a grade. Give the new car at Phoenix a grade on the A to F scale. I give it an A. Robbie, I know you weren't there last year, but still, what do you think about the race? I would give it an E H. An A. I get that. That's Canadian. I love it. I love it. Congrats to Joseph Newgarden and Penske Racing on the win. Shh. Congrats to Joseph and Penske on the win. Bold call to come in for tires while leading the race with 20-something laps to go. That surprised me. That surprised me, too. Surprised us all. I mean, what? where were you from your perspective? You restarted second. The restart for me did not go as well as planned. It was a little slower than planned, but as the as the leader, Rob's got the... the it was way too slow, man. <laughs> but that's his prerogative. That's I, his prerogative. I literally was in second gear, cruising, ready to roll, and then brakes were on, first gear. <laughs> I had traction issues on an oval, which is ridiculous, but hey. it's fine. He can do what he wants. At the end of the day, he went into turn one and first. So sorry, it's my it's my first day. No, hey, look, man, you, you did what you had to do. But so that that let you get alongside of me. Then I was like I said, offline, had the mercy at the mercy of the guys with uh, with new tires. But I mean, you do you know he was doing what he had to do. He still finished. He kept everybody but one guy behind him on new tires, which I think is pretty damn impressive for a first crack on an oval. Rob, congrats on your first IndyCar podium. Congratulations, which man. happens on your first oval race. All the Crazy. more impressive. And uh, we just look forward to seeing where it goes from here. Guys, thanks for listening to this race recap on Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. We're going to bring you these after each of the IndyCar rounds. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Make sure you come back next week. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at at AskOffTrack, or you can take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram or Snapchat story. We're also taking emails, and that's at ask at offtrackpod.com, and phone calls at 317-731-2372. That's ask, A-S-K, at offtrackpod.com, and 317-731-2372. If we like what you have to say, we'll mention it on the next show, so you better make it good. We're also on Twitter at at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi, and if you want to, though we have no idea why you would, you can follow producer Thim at at the Tim Durham.
We want to say thank you to John Green for coming and doing this two-parter interview with us. I mean, he was amazing. We hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. We'd love to have him back at any time. You can follow him on Twitter at, at John Green. The music you heard on this episode was written by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. And the show was produced by Chris Boniello and Jeff Umbro of The Podglomerate, as well as Fim himself, Tim Durham. Also Peter Vincer, Matt Monrian, and Lucy Shen at CastBox. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot, because, well, we think it's the best. We'd also like to thank Breakmaster Cylinder for the jingles. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.